0: And uh, welcome back to Do The Franchise for uh, Series 2. I'm Jake. And I'm James. And we've made it back, James. Series 2. Series 2. Back by, let's say, popular demand, because I like the sound (laughs) of popular demand. I mean, it's not really popular demand. It's just, there's a little bit of demand. I mean, I've looked at our stats recently, and we have dropped off a little bit in Poland. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this, this is for all the Polish fans out there, then. I'm dedicating
1: this episode to all our Polish fans.
0: People have, there's been some interest, some people have dropped off, but it's fine James, we're back with a vengeance, like that Die Hard film no one cares about, um, and we're going to make more podcasts, and we are starting series two with the um, Fast and the Furious one. <laughs> <laughs> Just the original, Fast and the yeah, Furious so- So I've done a lot of digging on this and it depends on who you talk to, where in the world they are and at what point the information was made public because it is called The Fast and the Furious but some places it's just called Fast and Furious which is also another film. Oh gosh. So I think one of the sequels is called Fast and Furious just that on its own without the thes. It's it's very confusing. this,
1: This makes me worry, have I watched the correct film? Exactly. <laughs> how are you, James? But more to the point, how have you been? I've uh, been good. Been good. Uh, I've been uh, diligently sort of watching for Harry Potter related things, uh, oh, yeah. just because it seems now that we've done this, the the Harry Potter stuff. It it's following me. Jake. Yeah, it, it's not going away, is it? No, there's there's stuff happening <laughs> in the news. Apparently, she's rumored to make another film, which we oh, definitely don't have to review. Please, please tell me we don't have to review the, the new stuff. Because and I, I I've recently been away, and I went on yeah. a I went on a holiday, and <laughs> yeah. uh, we went up to Northumberland. Lovely, Lovely
0: holiday. Surely you can escape Harry Potter up in Northumberland.
1: Yeah. Ended up in a castle where apparently the broom flying lessons were filmed. <sighs> um and uh, and and they they continue to happen. Uh, kids, parents, if you're watching and you want to take people out to learn how to fly a broom, uh, you can Wait, pay hang the on. Le-
0: You can't fly brooms. It's impossible.
1: <laughs> oh no, Jake. No, you can pay to f- learn to fly a broom. Oh Jesus. And at, at, at castle, uh flying a broom seems to consist of your instructors uh th- throwing their legs <laughs> Over said broom, and then standing on their tiptoes while the other instructors buy into the delusion that these people are flying <laughs> and hope oh the kids follow God. suit. So, uh, I saw a lot of people um, walking on tiptoes across the grounds of Annick Castle.
0: Brilliant. I mean, I, I went to Florida not long ago, and I did actually go to the Harry Potter world thing. in in Universal Studios we will talk about this at some point it's not going to be today but yeah I do agree with you that I did feel the same sense of foreboding that I was like there's a lot of people that could listen to my podcast here that probably won't (laughs) they probably (laughs) won't like it very much um yeah we went to we went to um Hogsmeade the village and I got a can of lager (laughs) brilliant I was walking around like one of those sort of like winos Walking around the magical castle, <laughs> drinking a can of lager in a bag. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, so, James, The Fast and the Furious... Yeah? ...was released, God, in 2001. It was. It was 18 years ago. It was directed by Rob Cohen. Um, did a bit of digging on Rob. He has some success. I mean, I if you, you call it that, I don't want to diss him too badly, but uh, he's known for films uh, such as um, The Running Man... Um, Razor's Edge, he did, um, where are we? Uh, he did a e- Triple X, is it called Triple X? XXX? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Which also features uh, Vin Diesel. He also um, did a mummy film, I think it was the third mummy film, called The Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. If you do see this film ever, uh, it's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. In fact, I think I walked out of this film about two-thirds of the way through. Um, and he yeah, he's, he did Dragonheart um and Fast and Furious, which he's obviously very well known for now given the way the franchises took off.
1: Yeah.
0: It was first thoughts, James. First thoughts. Uh,
1: what my my initial thoughts were um cause I I, I watch these uh, digitally now. And I think this is probably something yeah. that when it came out originally, probably VHS DVD, people missed out yeah. on maybe. I oh, was yeah, VHS. VHS. And, yeah. and I, I saw one hour and 42 minutes runtime and yeah. I thought how are they gonna drag out a film about cars for one hour and 42 boy did I find out um... <laughs> <laughs> uh... oh dear so uh, yeah that, that, that it's a it's a film yep that people put effort into yeah um, <laughs> and 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 it starts and it uh, it starts off with a, a probably the most ineffective truck takedown I've ever seen put to film. Because <laughs> <laughs> surely that relies on a lot of luck
0: <laughs> to yeah. use that
1: grappling hook thing. And
0: I, I really wanted to know what your, what your, well, we could probably do it at the end. Really, we'll do the score at the end. I think that makes more sense. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. I, I've, I, love the titles. I put that in my notes. Um, They're robbing a lorry, which I can see is full of VHS or DVD players. Yeah,
1: (laughs) this isn't a long-running theme in this film. The the most valuable thing that you can steal, apparently, is... VHS players, despite the fact that all the cars that the thieves are driving in (laughs) are worth way more than the content of that truck. I
0: thought this, (laughs) I was thinking this, surely those souped up, what are they, what are they driving at the end, I think they're uh, Honda Civics, what are those, are those Honda Civics not more expensive than 40 to 50 DVD players? Jake,
1: they've gone to to the trouble (laughs) of colour coding the the cars so you know that they're bad guys, because they've got green underneath, so surely... All they need to do is find the people that drive around with cars that have got green (laughs) underlighting. Selling DVD
0: players. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I must admit, I was a bit baffled by the intro. I thought, like, I was starting to think, how many DVD players do I own? And I think including, like, um, ones that plug into my Mac, I've got one that plugged into my projector, I've got one in the living room, I think one in the bedroom. There must be four or five DVD players in my house. Mm. And this is what... I know this is 2019, but, like... The DVD players and VHS players—they weren't really that expensive, were they? Like we, everyone had one. Everyone, we all had one. A lot of people had them in like combis, didn't we? Like those Matsui VHS um, TV combos in the sort of nineteen ninety-nine. Yeah. Remember those?
1: Yeah, yeah. But the, the the way they go about stealing these, it's like it's some sort of money transfer from Fort Knox.
0: Yeah, I agree. <laughs> and I like could if...
1: understand if it was money in there. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not all for thieving, but if you're gonna thieve, there's a high <laughs> chance you get caught. So, sure, you should make it worth your while.
0: It'd be like the equivalent of watching the Yorkshire version of of Fast and Furious, where they're like raiding a truck full of sheep. <laughs> <laughs> and like, there's not many sheep, maybe twenty sheep in there, and they just nick the sheep, and you're like is that the most, is that the biggest commodity that we need to steal? Like in LA, is the biggest commodity in LA knocked off DVD players which by the way, why is it only DVD players? Because when you're doing a shipment to like, let's say a Radio Shack in the US, they don't just buy DVD players, there'll be radio, CD players, televisions, like surely there's lots of other things as well. You'd hope, wouldn't you? Yeah, I just found it really odd Um, yeah, I mean What's Paul Paul Walker is in this, the late Paul Walker. Uh, yeah. He's very young in this movie, I think it's fair to say. Very young. Uh, he doesn't like crusts on his sandwiches, yeah, which thought... is uh, extremely wasteful. <laughs> I thought heroes don't have crusts. <laughs> no. Yeah, I mean, cutting your crusts off your sandwiches. And I thought also, he's talking to a really young uh, Latina woman who we find out about later. Um, is Vin Diesel's uh, fictional sister. Do, do, do women like men that don't eat crusts? <laughs> is think... that like an attractive trait in a in a boy that drives fast cars that I doesn't mean, eat crusts we're... and steals DVD players?
1: When, when you're trying to, <laughs> I don't know, get to know somebody, you yeah. try and put your best foot forward, don't you? I'd like to think oh, yeah. I would at least have the crusts. I might yeah. not enjoy them.
0: You just but just cut them least, off and lead
1: them on the sides. Yeah, I mean, yeah, whatever. You, you wouldn't make a big deal about it, and then they turn to look at the supercars that are driving in. Yes. Before we hear them,
0: yeah, because, they do, yeah, because they're like really far away at that point,
1: aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> well, they, they look at them, and at that point, how did they know that they were they were? The, I know for like cinematic effect, it makes more sense that they see the cars, and then all of a sudden you hear yeah. the noise but they've yeah, yeah, yeah. turned before you hear the noise it makes absolutely <laughs> no sense
0: i uh, so we've got vin diesel in this scene uh, his sister whose name i can't remember which i will have to google before the end of this podcast uh, vince uh, vince um is an associate of vin diesel's so vin diesel's character is called dom paul walkers is called brian and there's a guy called vince who is like i think he's what is he's a friend of dom's he's a bit of a dick and but but Dom is friends with him, so therefore he's fine.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't I don't fully understand that because it's like if that was your mate, I mean, he must have done something in the past that makes him worthwhile
0: keeping around. Yeah. Otherwise, you just cut him off, wouldn't you? I, I think
1: I would. I think you'd give him enough chances. Maybe he's still in that period where they're just trying to give him enough chances.
0: Yeah. I mean, he's like 35, so he must have been going a while. But it's like everyone in in, in Dom's gang, everybody doesn't like Vince. Did you notice this? Like, no one really is like maybe one other person who has anything good to say about him. But all the other characters also think he's a dick. And yeah. they're like, "Ah, oh, don't go near him. He's a dick. He, <laughs> he's he's, he's like, not why are we hanging around? around with him then? <laughs> um I like Michelle Rodriguez. I've always been a fan of hers. Anyway, I think she's really good in everything. Um, we get a lot of talk about cars in this first sequence, and I, I don't know a lot about cars, and I know that you know even less about cars than I do. I, uh, being
1: being that I don't drive, um, my my knowledge of transport mainly comes from buses. And right, there aren't that many buses in in. This film, Uh, so I'm I'm a bit like a fish out of water. Um, But you know, like you say, there is a lot of car jargon. There's also a lot of really bad uh, audio dubbing. Uh, Yes,
0: when the cars are on. Yeah,
1: because when when the cars are on, obviously at the time they probably couldn't capture the audio as cleanly as they wanted, so they go back in. Afterwards and re-record it, but a lot of the time that's done very badly, precisely yeah. in many mm. films. In this film, they just went in and said what they thought they said at the time. Um,
0: yeah, I noticed <laughs> this in a few scenes. It's like it was like watching Shaolin. <laughs> it's, it's like just, are they were they speaking Japanese in this scene? <laughs>
1: I, I just had to check which audio <laughs> subtitles I had on, you know, which, which audio track yeah. I had on with the DVD. Um, the yeah, there's there's a lot of car sure. jargon, and yeah. I I didn't get it. Um, I everyone's it means... talking about nos, James.
0: Everyone's talking about nos. You just need to know what nos is. Which is nitrous oxide, um, which apparently is, is all over where Dom works, because it's everywhere. It's on all the posters and stuff, isn't it? Yeah, it,
1: um, like, and he I, works and when in I a NOS s- shop, doesn't he, it, from what I can tell. I think tell.
0: he does, yes, yeah, like a parts shop. And the, no- the NOS is, I, I had a feeling it was going to be very important in this franchise, and I was right. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what, as well, I thought it was really funny, because there's there's a bit where um, Brian goes back to his boss, and it's about the fight he has with Vince, and his boss says, don't piss off Dom, because Dom does a lot of cool things, and he puts a lot of stuff into his cars, and the kids on the block see Dom's car, and they buy all the same shit that Dom uses, and I was kind of sat there thinking, so is Dom an influencer? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Is he like the equivalent of one of those Instagram people that post pictures of their car or women lying on the top of their car and thinking, Don was ahead of his time in 2001, wasn't he? He definitely was. And
1: just, is that how car folks advertise stuff? They, they find I, yeah. the, the worst behaved person yeah. with the most money yeah, who can then encourage the young <clears throat> to be badly behaved and hopefully
0: gather more money that way. I, uh, well, they, yeah, they go to this, they go to this, Paul, Paul, I keep calling him Paul, and it's not Paul, it's Brian. Brian, <laughs> that's a great episode title, that's a great episode title straight away. It's not Paul, Paul- it's Brian. <laughs> Just Brian. Br- Brian, which I also can't deal with, because in Britain, Brian is the name of a window cleaner. <laughs> Or, like, the guy that works down the fruit and veg shop. Do you know what I mean? Like, in Yorkshire, Brian's not a particularly cool name, is it? No. So the fact that Paul Walker, which is quite a cool name, although it is quite vague, I think Paul would have been a better name for the character than Brian. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they, they they definitely sort of plucked that name out of somewhere, but yeah. They don't fully understand the implications of it.
0: Yeah, it's like when you go. Do you, know if you ever meet somebody that's from England that's writing a like they're they may be writing like a thesis or they're writing a story for a thesis or they're writing a script for a movie that's never going to happen. Yeah, and they they're in they're writing it from an English perspective, but because they don't know what they're pitching, they put in names like um, they'll put in names like Jack, John, then Drake, and you're like. Drake as a character wouldn't work in a British film because no. there isn't many British people called Drake. And I feel like they've done that with this, where they've gone, Brian's a cool name, yeah. and you go, no, it's not. <laughs> what what name haven't we heard in
1: a while? I know, let's choose Brian. Um
0: yeah so that's bugged me for one um then it's like there's lots of men talking about their dicks i mean their cars yeah and there's i think they're talking about things but i don't really understand the terminology but i think there's going to be a race
1: <laughs> yeah there's going to be some kind of race have you also noticed at this point in the film that soundtrack wise we're burning through those songs
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, ridiculous. And it, it's
1: like all the early 2000s stuff that you could ever imagine.
0: Prog, prog rock and, and, and Limp Biscuit and stuff coming on. Yeah. It was very, yeah. It, oh, yeah, very much a product of its time, wasn't it?
1: Absolutely. I, I, my note is saying soundtrack skipping through early 2000s new metal like it's going out of fashion. Oh, wait.
0: <laughs> <laughs> if only they knew, James. Yeah. If only they knew about new metal. And we get a, a, a Pizza cameo. Yeah, I I had to go back for this when you mentioned it to me the other week. So there's a bit where there's a pizza guy who's trying to do his job. Yeah, he's just there. He wants to deliver his pizza. And I I think the Dom and his gang basically take over a huge road. By the way, how long is that road? Because is is it like a runway? I didn't get it. Also, how can you cordon off that much of a road? Because all the street gang people, they were all at one end of it. They won't even at the other end. Yeah, you can't coordinate. Like, do you know what I mean? Like even the police can't cordon off that many in you know streets going onto another road unless they've got barricades. So you can't just do that. And, I, and this is why I hate growing up because you start worrying about shit like this. <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: uh, yeah, I, and he, uh, uh, there's so much that goes on in this next little bit.
0: That yeah. There's an Hispanic guy whose name I can't remember, but again, it's one of those names that doesn't. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna. Do you know what? I'm just gonna get the IMDb page up, James. That, so that's I, fine. I think that's the that's what we need because otherwise, I'm giving the listeners literally half a job. Um, there is a guy who uh, I know ja Rule's in it. He plays someone called Edwin. Um, where is this? Oh no, it's too fast, too furious. Sorry. Did, 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 I thought you were about I'm to ask. Where wrong... is ja
1: Rule now? I I haven't seen him in ages. Uh, we used So to there's a guy.
0: His name is Noel um, Guglielmi. He plays a guy called Hector. And he's the guy who... He plays like a baddie in every film he's in. Yeah. And Hector's the one who apparently is too slow to race. Um, so I think Ja Rule might fill in. I think he fills in for, for him in the car. So Ja Rule is the young black actor who's in the car next to Vin Diesel. Do you remember? Yeah. Um, and he plays Edwin. So again, we've got Brian... <laughs> Brian Ed- Edwin. Edwin and Hector. <laughs> wow! They- <laughs> Who the hell wrote this script? Seriously. Um, so Dom races and and. Brian Paul races Dom, and then it doesn't work out. Even though we kind of assume that Brian's going to win the, ma- the the race because he's our hero character, Brian doesn't win the race, and in fact, he gets completely destroyed by Vin Diesel. He then kind of goes to work for Vin Diesel.
1: <laughs> yeah, like this guy's proven that he's not as good as Vin Diesel, uh, mm-hmm. but slightly better than the other people that Vin Diesel works with. Um, yeah. And he proves this by being the guy who, although isn't very good at racing in a straight line is pretty awesome at doing corners. (laughs) (laughs) because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he seems to be able to outrun all the police because by this point they've yeah. had their race, uh, they've had a weird rap battle at the end where they talk about each other's cars and performance and stuff. Yeah,
0: can I just point out at that point, the extras in this movie are absolutely hilarious. If anyone's listened to this podcast, <laughs> seriously, please, the love of God, go back to the sequence where Dom and Brian are having this like beefy conversation about cars and just choose any extra in the background of Vin Diesel and Paul Walker. They are fucking hilarious they are pulling the stupidest faces they're going oh oh damn oh damn and, and they just look ridiculous and it's like they're all looking at each other to see what the other extras are doing because they're thinking well if that extra is doing that i should be doing that and it's, it's like they're trying to outact each other in the background of shot it is marvelous james it's brilliant it's it's a film that comes across as like a we we need to
1: make a film We need to include these actors and we need to have some kind of plot. But whilst they were sort of composing this film uh, with all Mm -hmm. the love and care that went into it, they also (laughs) saw a bunch of other films that were coming out around the same time and thought we need to do that as well because there's a bit during the race where you think, oh, you guys have seen The Matrix because there's like a slow motion shot that runs through the car. Yes, there is.
0: Yeah, there's a slow motion panning shot across the car as as the engine and they do that same thing where the fuel injector goes into the engine and we get like a CGI shot going down the exhaust. Yeah. Which... Real honestly now given what we know about films and cg that completely took me out of the scene i thought it was terrible yeah like don't do that you can show you can show noz going into an injector and you can show flames coming out of a exhaust i'm cool with that or if you can really do it well you know go down the pedal of vin diesel's foot and then down into the engine but it just wasn't done very well and that's just a product i think what's more of a product of its time than anything else absolutely
1: Um, and then they get Threatened later uh, by triads
0: show up yeah. and they s- try to steal a car, but then they shoot the car. <laughs> yeah, like pistols
1: and motorbikes
0: seem like a really awkward
1: way to threaten somebody because <clears> that the, when they stop, you can tell that the actors probably aren't that used to threatening somebody from motorcycles because they all yeah. look a little bit awkward on them. And yeah, uh, yeah, the um, the 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 main supposedly threatening guy is also a police officer in Grim. Uh, he's yeah. the only uh, place i know him from and he's he's a bit odd there's a scene in that show where he ends up eating a cushion um because <laughs> it's just he, he, he seems to need to eat cushions uh, so i didn't find him that threatening
0: uh so this was just a
1: very weird film for me because <laughs> i've seen stuff Let, that these let's guys not, have let's done not beat around the
0: bush james it's point break <laughs> <laughs> it is it's point break with with cars with cars yeah, I mean, I, I, I remember talking to Jodie at work about this and we were having a really good conversation about it because Point Break is a fantastic film. I don't take anything away from Point Break. It can be cheesy in places, but it is fundamentally a really good film, which we'll probably review on here at some point. Yeah. But like, I just think you're not doing Point Break, but you are doing Point Break, but you're conscious of Point Break, so you're trying to do something different. And it's like, it was very odd back and forth. Whereas if they were going to do it, just do it. Just do Point Break. And pretty much, and they kind of did, you know, toward the end of the film, It felt very much like that bit in Point Break where he has to take down um, uh, what's his name at the end and it it doesn't work out. Um, But yeah, it's strange. Um, Paul, who's also Brian, gets arrested and then taken to a police meeting. But ha, he's an undercover cop. And the cops are trying to find the people that are robbing the trucks. This was good. I think this kind of like starts a narrative thread where otherwise I was getting to the point where I was thinking, are we just watching a boy race a car for a whole two hours? Yeah. And it, well, and it's got a bit more depth to that, I guess.
1: It does. I mean, that does add uh, an angle. And I like the, uh, I think it was a little throwaway line that, uh, even cops are Hollywood in Hollywood. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I, th- yeah I, think, cool. I think that was cool. It shows the films a bit self-aware. Um, um, This is my next favourite thing because we've already discussed how I can't believe DVD players are the most valuable asset in, (laughs) in California. The FBI are working with truckers So they have have an organisation of truckers that are really worried because people are going to be stealing their DVD players.
0: I know. This makes the
1: assumption that all truckers in LA are carrying DVD players.
0: It's also like trying to imagine that MI6 have to escort HMV lorries into HMV just in case a bunch of Honda Civics try to rob... It I just I I
1: couldn't get over this. This was this was the point where I I checked out the film for a little while because I was giggling so much about the fact that the FBI would be working with an organization
0: of truckers. Um yeah, why 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 is the FBI trying to take down three people in three cars who are stealing video players? It is the most ludicrous thing in the world, isn't it? And it's kind of like they went to the director. Like they're gonna rob these lorries. What are on these lorries? Is it cash? No, we don't really do that in LA. You're like, Well is it gonna be is it gonna be like guns, drugs, drugs? Well they're drugs are kind of boats in the sort of Miami, aren't they? And you're like, Oh yeah, what else can it be? Uh DVD players are quite good at the moment.
1: <laughs> is this is this big this film might exist. I I figured the reason behind it now. This film might exist because, you know, at the beginning of every DVD, they always used to put that FBI warning, even if you bought it in the UK. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: you is wouldn't this... steal a car. <laughs> you wouldn't steal a movie. You wouldn't get into a car with Vin Diesel and steal a lorry full of DVD players.
1: This this is the proof that of why they needed that message. Vin Diesel yeah. can't be stopped.
0: Do you know what? The more we talk about this, and I think going through this franchise, that is going to be the thing I'm going to remember the most. Um so we go to the house after this and Paul Brian meets, um, Vince again, who's probably my only character that I really liked. Um, and the tensions are high in the house because Dom is let, um, uh, he's let Brian into the inner circle and, and Vince doesn't like Dom because Dom steals his Corona. And yeah. there's a thing where he says, you know, he's a dick and he's going to do this. He's going to be, you know, are you, you trust me? You trust this guy? Who is this guy? And you're like, Wait a minute. Vince is right. <laughs> this guy's a cop. And yeah. You just let him into your inner circle and you didn't even vet him at all. He... Like Vin Diesel, Dom, didn't do any vetting at all oh, no, on did. Brian's he character. He did, he
1: did Jake. They, they walked home, remember, after they got attacked <laughs> by triads. I, I made a note of this as well saying that it's the 2000s. I, yeah. I point break, I can forgive for this, but the yeah. 2000s, people had mobile phones then. Yeah, they did, yeah. Mobile phones would have solved
0: that problem of
1: being stuck at the wrong end of town. Um, Because you could have just called somebody let them know, and they would have come and And picked them up.
0: uh, And Dom says to Vince, you know, you talk about him, but where were you? And he's like, where was he? He was at home waiting for you to ring, and you never did. Yeah,
1: exactly. If if Vince had had
0: Find My Friends, he'd know exactly where Dom was. Exactly. (laughs) And they could
1: have been picked up they would have had a laugh about it they might even be mates you know you never know but you know beer bottles uh, are what counts as like taunting now because whoever has the beer bottle obviously is the best friend there's a
0: scene in the next bit where um i think i think it's hector i'm gonna try and remember this now i've written down like a brief bit of it but i think hector pulls up somewhere and he throws his keys at somebody and he just shouts at one of his associates that's valet parking, <laughs> like like he like he's invented this new thing where you can drive your car to a place, give your keys to a man. Like no no, Hector, valet parking's a thing that's been around for a while. Like you get your hotel, you give your key to the guy, he takes your car to the car park. That's legit. Like it's not special. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Hector then orders parts for three, uh, Hon- no, sorry, for three cars, which are not Honda Civics. No, they are, the Honda Civics. Yes, yeah. they are. So, so he's ordering parts of three Honda Civics, which we know as the audience are the three cars that rob the lorries. Um, so then Dom sort of gets on to, sorry, Brian gets on to them and thinks, ah, I know who's doing the, the thing, which is great for his investigation because he doesn't actually have to do any police work because literally the criminals are coming to his shop. Yeah. Um, regard. So I, the bit I was curious about here is, if he is already um, working at this garage undercover, he doesn't really need to go with Dom because he already finds out about the cars through Hector. So he doesn't need to be in Dom's inner circle in the first place. He does, Jake, because film. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. So, what well, who am I? Um, and then there's a bit where um, Brian goes to find the Honda Civics and he finds uh, the parts for the engines that they need and he goes what are these and then he is uh, interrupted by um, Vince and uh, Dom who pin him to the ground and threaten him and say are you a cop and and Brian says no and then Dom just goes huh? good enough for me then
1: yeah uh, so they go they go and see the triads again don't they pretty much they, they do yeah um, uh, st- and then Johnny the I triad
0: yeah Johnny the triad attacks Ted from the garage um, because he wants the super engines, which I, I, I think in I, there's something in this scene which I can't get my head around. But so Johnny attacks Ted, asking about where the engines are, and then Johnny tells, so Ted tells Johnny the engines are in a, set, a secure place, blah blah blah, and then Brian assumes it's not Dom, it's Johnny the Triad guy who's going to rob the lorry. Is, is that it? I think that's I, what happened. I think happened.
1: that's what we meant to think because bad guys are now worse than other <clears> bad guys. Uh, yeah. Because they half-drown other bad guy. Um, exactly. It's very yeah. confusing. I, I, I don't fully... I get what they're going for. It's, oh, he gets confused and thinks that this guy's the bad guy, when really yeah. he's with the real bad guys all along. But, you know...
0: And, and then the police officers tell... Um, they tell Brian about Dom. So I think it was Ted Levine's character, the sergeant, Yeah. tells... Dom tells Brian about Dom's past and says, you think this guy's a nice guy. You look at what this guy did to this guy's face and all this beat him with a wrench. And then we hear Dom's side of it, which was his dad died in a car accident on fire. And the guy that did it was a bad guy. And Dom then beat this guy to a pulp with a wrench. And he did it because of his dad. And it was to avenge his father's death. Uh, it, I mean, at that point, I feel like, like I think me and you were talking about this before. There's an introduction of this cool car, this like Mustang, and you're like, "Well, why is that not in before? And why is he not racing that car?" Um, Dom's sister uh, is now dating Brian. Brian shouldn't be dating her because he's a cop, but then he doesn't want Dom to know. But then Dom knows. This whole bit of the film, oh, it just seemed boring. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was meant to be like a, a,
1: an emotional hit. Uh, yeah. to, to to make you care about Dom, I guess.
0: 100%. Uh, but it, it it wasn't earned. It just no. happened.
1: They uh, just thrust
0: it upon you, like, oh, look, Dom's got a past. You're like, yeah, I know everyone's got a past. His past has got to be interesting enough for me to care.
1: I, and the whole
0: relationship between
1: Brian and Dom's sister, it, it at this point, it's sort of, again, really forced... I I've written, food is boring, let's go for a drive. Dialogue, yeah, and is it- <laughs> dialogue is too hard. Let's go back to cars and sex. So it's They like- do, and then they have these
0: sex scenes, these random obligatory <laughs> sex scenes that are just inserted into that sequence, pardon the pun, um, and that is the sex scene between Michelle Rodriguez and, and Dom. Uh, they were covered in oil... Uh, from the garage, uh, and, and then and then Brian has sex with Dom's sister, and these are sort of almost intercut. They're very close together scenes.
1: There's a lot of fast cuts, like right at the very beginning. Yeah, that, I think to to make you feel the stakes and the tension of stealing these DVD players, they <laughs> they they put multiple cuts in to make it seem more important. It's the same thing here. It's just yeah. if we cut a lot, people will care more. And, and, and this is the <laughs> that's absolutely yeah, this the opposite. is a... <laughs> Sorry, go on. <laughs> no, I was just gonna say, that's the opposite for me. I don't really care when you cut a lot. I sort of lose interest because it's just happening yeah. too quickly.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did a bit now where after the sex scenes, Johnny is having some sort of tea drinking ceremony with his Chinese family, which I found really odd. I was like, are they having a party? Are they just drinking? It was almost like the director, again, and this is a very much typical thing of American Hollywood. They go, what do Chinese families do when they're together? They probably sit around drinking tea. You're like...
1: <sighs> yeah, that it's like that seems legit. We'll we'll do that. They
0: eat food as well, Rob. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no. For the purpose of film, we just drink tea. Um, so the
0: whole of Johnny Touch um, the the Triads family is there in this like lovely house, and Johnny gets busted by the police, and his family slap him in the face and then disown him for being uh, a criminal. Yeah, and then they are they they search Johnny and they question Johnny, but nothing comes of it. And then the sergeant played by Ted Levine says something about Toretto, about Dom to Brian. And you're like, Brian, it's obviously Dom. Haven't you seen Point Break? Yeah, it's, it's got to be Dom. <laughs> and also, why
1: did they bring Brian along to the takedown? Like, that, he's yeah. the inside man. I know he's wearing a mask and such, but... There's but he doesn't be need some... to
0: be there, does he? He, he
1: doesn't know. I mean, because he... at some point, Dom's going to ask him, hey, Brian, where, what did you do this morning?
0: I used to have to make up some story. I was at Johnny Triad's house. What were you doing there? Oh,
1: I just—I don't get why he was there. I have no idea. Uh, and the FBI is still scared of truckers before this point because that you know they're really worried yeah. and they're so glad that they've got this break that that the FBI must just go. Oh, we've got
0: somebody great, and they they go and take yeah. this person down. I and don't they know worry- why. They're worried that the truckers are going to arm themselves against the robbers, which, you know, is probably fair enough. I, I you know, I've got a, uh, an uncle who lives in America who is a trucker and he carries a gun and he, he's licensed to do that. So yeah. if his truck gets robbed, he can shoot the person that does it. And under the rule of Florida, he's all right. You know, as well, long as he shoots the person, the person who's going to attack him is armed. He's he's good. Well, he's, he's got um,
1: to protect those DVD players.
0: Exactly, it's got loads of DVD players to worry about. I mean, I don't know if DVD players (laughs) are as sought after in 2019 as they are. I mean, it will be Blu-ray players now. But um, yeah, we then have this bit where Brian asks Dom for a job um, and Race Wars is happening. Now, when I heard the term Race Wars... (laughs) (laughs) the first thing the first thing that came to my mind wasn't cars no
1: it's probably it probably doesn't mean what the filmmakers intended it to mean um and when you eventually see race wars it looks like a car version of burning man yeah it does they're they're out in the desert they've got caravans and tents and stuff (laughs) um i mean but how, there's no organisation. It just seems like people turn up and challenge each other. Like, That's do, right. Do the racers just set up their own competition? Who wins race wars? And I, yeah, I, I just so, I don't get it.
0: So Jesse, the guy who soups up the cars with Dom, he drives his car against Johnny, and he says, you know, loser wins the car, and it's his father's car. Something he do, He drives the car. He loses to Johnny. But instead of submitting the car, forfeiting the car, he, he drives off, and you're like, "All oh, right." Um, so at this point, I'm like, "Why did he bother driving the car?" And also, if it's his father's car, like, does that matter? Is does that make it? Is it sentimental value? Is it money value? Like, what's he worried about?
1: Yeah, like, if this film had spent a bit more time. <laughs> Describing the importance of this car. We
0: might. You get what I mean? You might, understand what I yeah, mean, though, right? The, the so Jesse drives aren't that high. off. No, and you're like, well, if you lose the car to Johnny, fair enough. Ask for a rematch. That'd be one way out. Yeah. Or take a loan off Dom and work the money off. Surely Dom would loan in the money to pay for a new car. <clears throat> he would just then have to work for free for a year. You'd... But you know, but instead Jesse runs off with the car, so you would kind of assume this is going to come back later on in the movie. Um, Johnny then accuses Dom of knocking, which apparently is 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 being a grass, I think. Yeah. Didn't get that, but yeah, and then Dom loses his shit and proceeds to beat Johnny to a pulp.
1: <laughs> yeah, and security <laughs> at this at this race wars event. They just seem really useless. They don't I mean, seem to want to stop this fight.
0: Can I just point out as well that during race wars, um, a mixed race American man beat up a Asian American man,
1: <laughs> and and all, through all this fighting, his dad's car seems much less important. Like they are all they've almost forgotten <laughs> yeah. about his dad's car. <laughs>
0: It's all right, James. It's not about the cars. It's about DVD players and tuna sandwiches, <laughs> without the crusts. No
1: crust on those tuna sandwiches. Um,
0: um, do, you, do you know Johnny um, Triad? Sorry, Johnny Triad is the kid who he he plays the guy in Die Another Day who gets the diamond stuck in his face. Do you remember that? Ah, uh, yeah. In, in James Bond Dine of the Day, which is probably the year after this came out I think Dine of the Day came out in 2002 so it's like literally the year after so I'm guessing good old Johnny did all right he, from this film he was on a roll <clears throat> yeah
1: um yeah and it's hmm, it's at this point we have our sort of point break moment isn't it where yeah, we he, do yeah uh, Brian says I- I'm a cop I've lied to you, but I've been honest too. Uh, which makes no sense. And <laughs> yeah. Who would believe that?
0: <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't, absolutely. Um, then there's a, Yeah, and then there's a bit where they're about to drive after another truck of DVD players, even though I'm guessing... I mean, how many DVD players must they have? Um, and the, they, the, this, this bit... Sorry, I have to cut in because this bit yeah, made sorry. me giggle again.
1: They're a man down, but they only have three cars at this point that they've <laughs> secreted the cars away, ready for the next attack, Yeah. There's usually four of them, but they only have three cars. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's like they knew the fourth person wasn't going to be there.
0: It's ridiculous. And then there's a bit where Dom says to Michelle Rodriguez, uh, sorry, yeah, he says, I'm not sure we should do this. And she's like, why? Why, babe? And he's like, I had a dream the other night. We were on a beach in Mexico. And he's (laughs) like, all right, that's fine then. (laughs)
1: carry on jake i i don't think we should do this podcast anymore and you'd be like why and i could say well i had a dream about Maltesers three nights ago and i don't think we should do a (laughs) podcast
0: yeah james i've had this dream the other night that uh things in the house started to melt all right carry on then
1: (laughs) just carry on it's it's just a Um, dad
0: there's a bit here where the honda civics then go to take over they basically go to steal the truck and I was like looking at this during the film this is how my attention stayed on this movie are Honda Civics any good because I was a little bit like I know that Hondas are a good car but were they that sought after back in the late 90s early nineties?
1: Jake this film prays at the altar of DVD players I think I think the cars that it idolizes are probably the least of its problems <laughs>
0: So I'm just going to put this in now while you're on the podcast with me. And this is, again, for the listeners at home. I'm finding a pre-owned Type R Honda Civic on eBay, currently at £100. <laughs>
1: Jake, do you need any DVD players?
0: <laughs> it says it's got a... Oh, Christ, what is that? Uh, it's got a Reg reg plate of 1970s. I'm guessing it's a really old one. Yeah, it will be. That's why it's 100 quid. This one is a Honda Civic 2.2 um, TDI. Type S GT three door. Jake, I'm getting um, Fast and Furious flashbacks. You're using words <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> this is from 2007. <laughs> so it's a more up-to-date car, and this is going for 1,495 pound on eBay. Buy it now. Uh, Should so yeah. we email <laughs> Vin and let him know? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I also want to, you know, anyone that wants to flog me a Honda Civic for less than the grand, I'll buy it off you and test drive it myself.
1: <laughs> I'm worried about uh, the reliability of these cars because I'm fairly sure, it's been a, a little while since I watched the film, but when yeah. they when they arrive at the cars, at the Honda Civics, yeah. it's night time, isn't it? It is, yeah. When they set off, it's morning. <laughs> <laughs> like the sun's come <laughs> up how long does it take to prep these cars
0: <laughs> uh, i know surely you, know, you have to fill them up so yeah that bit then they go after the car so they go after the truck and the truck you know because we've been hinted at it for so much um yeah they they, they get jumped the lorry is uh, the guy in the lorry is armed he's got um, a shotgun yeah, and then the shot, he shoots off Vince, who is on the lorry. They jump, sorry, So they jump off the car into the lorry, which is great. And then Vince gets shot. Brian then pulls up next to this uh, lorry, even though Brian's not supposed to know about this. And he tries to save Vince, the person who he hates. And there's a nice bit of cohesion there. And it kind of like comes back around. Um, and Brian saves Vince from the car um, and then tells Dom, but I'm a cop. about
1: right yeah about right so he saves the day he he admits he's a cop everyone turns on the hero and there's like this slow motion everyone hates the cop
0: moment yeah that just happens and 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 then and then James inexplicably after all that action um Jesse comes back and gets shot
1: yeah (laughs) yeah
0: I just... So Jesse gets shot, and then Johnny's on the run, and this is the perfect moment for Brian and Dom to put their differences aside and chase down Johnny, who is obviously the bad guy, um, because he's got more money than everybody else. <laughs> also, the car they're in is the same car that they've been driving
1: around all night. It doesn't run out of petrol.
0: No, no, of course not. It's film. It, it's Hollywood, isn't it, James? Yeah. Cars don't run on petrol in Hollywood. It's hopes and dreams. Hopes and dreams. Uh, And then at the end, they they do thwart Johnny and Dom has to, sorry, Brian has to decide whether or not he wants to be a cop or if he wants to let Dom go and he chooses to let Dom go. Um, And, you know, to be fair, Brian did owe Dom a car. (laughs)
1: Yeah, he owed him a car. Uh, Apparently he owes the FBI nothing. Uh, Yeah, of
0: course. Fuck the FBI.
1: um, The hero isn't at all scratched in any of this. No, Paul's completely fine. And there's a slow-mo walk-off screen. Everyone gets away with everything with zero consequences. Absolutely, James. Uh, What happened in this film?
0: (laughs) Can I just say, you'll love this. My last note in the film synopsis just says... Gerald. <laughs> <laughs> like as if I was trying to sum up the film at the end. I just put oh, Gerald. Gerald. Um, um, can I just point out as well, right? This was the bit that I was going to talk to you about at the beginning of this episode, but I forgot about it, was that prior to this episode, I deleted all of my notes. So I was not very fast, but I was furious. Oh. I was throwing things around my office I then realised, because I tried to go on iCloud and find my notes, but I deleted from my server on iCloud, Do you know, because it's connected to Wi-Fi, everything just deletes straight away. Yeah. So I had to go downstairs, and my wife, Nat, is sat on her laptop doing schoolwork, literally pulled the laptop out of her hands, <laughs> <laughs> switched user, went onto her laptop, disabled Wi-Fi, went into the Notes app, and found my notes, and I managed to copy them into a new note before they deleted themselves. Wow. So I was fast.
1: Uh, to be honest, and I was Jay,
0: furious. you
1: had a more action packed evening yeah. d- describing what happened to your notes. <laughs> I-, I think more happened and there was more at stake than this entire yeah. film. Because uh, nothing happened. It was an hour no. and 40 minutes of. like The the initial worry was oh gosh, the truckers are having their DVDs nicked. Uh, yeah. And then all of a sudden it's oh gosh, Vin's dad's car's been stolen from someone yeah. who just won it in a race and
0: uh, yeah there's no I agree there's no it, it, sort of
1: through follow through that after that you're back to the DVDs again but the DVDs are now guarded by a shotgun wielding maniac who's actually yeah. a better shot with his truck than he was with the shotgun <laughs> uh, <laughs>
0: I do you know what? I didn't think it was that bad. I, I, <laughs> fo- I told you, didn't I? Like during the final confrontation with the trucker, yeah, I was enjoying myself, but I was also googling for Honda Civics on eBay.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, I, I enjoyed the film.
1: I think because uh, yeah. obviously there's there's a theme to our our seasons. Last season was I never read or watched Harry Potter. Uh, yeah. This season, I've never watched Fast and Furious, and I also don't drive. But I yeah. think the reason I've never watched Fast and Furious is I think it's the year before or the year after one or the other, Gone in 60 Seconds came out.
0: Yes, with and, Nicolas Cage. With
1: Nicolas Cage. And because I, uh, at that point, I think I'd just, I'd just watched Face Off. Yeah. Because it, it was, you know, I'd, I'd rented the film, loved the film, mm-hmm. watched Face Off, thought, Nicolas Cage, cars, what can go wrong? Um, things can go wrong. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's basically the same film. But
1: yeah, I watched that film, uh, and it you know it's about a uh, an older brother trying to redeem the failings of his younger brother. And you think, well yeah. actually, this film's very very similar. I didn't know that at the time, but I kind of made the subconscious yeah, yeah, yeah. choice you made the that connection. I'd I'd seen a car film that year. I didn't need yeah. to see another one.
0: I think it's one and of those movies where I, I skipped it. Yeah, it's it, I I think I watched it when I was about 11 years old because this this came out in uh, 14th of September 2001. So it's literally 3 days after the 9/11 incident that this came out. Yeah. And you imagine it did quite well at the cinema regarding, you know, even though it came out at a really dark time in not just America but the world really. It was a big big part of history that we changed a lot of things. You can't imagine. But I guess Go into the cinema to see a really mindless film about action and cars is probably the best distraction yeah. um, for I, everybody that was like around at the time in 2001. Uh, IMDb is giving it 6.8 out of 10, which I think was fa- is pretty high. Yeah. I don't think I'd get that high. I reckon I'd give it about a five. Yeah, what about it's, you? It's,
1: yeah, it's a five. It's sort of a middling film. Like, like you say, at the time, you can see yeah. how it spawned yeah.
0: all the films that followed it. So I can I can I, see the appeal, especially from a young male audience, I can see the appeal. Yeah. I, but I just think and I don't know about you, and again, people that listen to us don't know us at all really. I don't think I've ever been that way inclined. So I, I mean, I'm not really interested in cars. I don't really care about Asian women who are wearing crop tops who will do whatever you want if you win a race. I I, I don't get that. <laughs>
1: No, I I mean, they probably alienated me because I am yeah. the sort of person who would order a Pizza Hut. I yeah. I am the sort of person who quite likes tuna sandwiches, uh, <laughs> with or without crusts. <laughs> so I think that they, as an audience member, they they lost me when they they made those seem pointless. Uh, yeah, I'm not that interested in, in in cars. Um, I get that they go fast and that can be quite exciting. Um yeah. I remember. Uh, I, I think my, my disinterest in cars came from uh, when I was doing work experience in school, because that's mm-hmm. the, the the formative years. That's when you're meant to get into cars. Uh, yeah, when you're about seventeen. Yeah, so I was I was yeah. doing my work experience, and the guys at the office where I was working took me out in their car. It was a BMW, and I live in a f- fairly ruralish area, so there's lots of tight corners and. Uh, things like that, and the guy who was driving this car ridiculously fast, uh, well, it was for me as a 17-year-old, it seemed to be going super quick because the fastest I've ever gone other than that is on a bus. Um, So, it was going fast for me, and guy driving turns round to me in the back seat and says don't worry you don't hurt yourself when you're crashing one of these i've done it before I... brilliant <laughs> jesus <laughs> so i think that's what put yeah. me off cars initially um so yeah. this film wasn't really aimed at me but i did enjoy it that there, there, there are some neat moments in it and i think it does suffer from that late 90s early 2000s jeez Factor in the yeah. script. No, 100%. 100%. Um, I think the script isn't, isn't, yeah. yeah. I'm assuming that's going to change throughout the films, but this was a, a fairly cheesy film. Like, we, we need to get from point A to point C. Uh, what about point B? Oh,
0: who cares? Um, yeah, <laughs> I agree. And there's I, I some interesting shot choices. I think the bits with the cars are great. I think they obviously do that very well. They understand um, the thrill aspect of it, like the camera rigs that keep up with the cars, the bit with the truck. All that stuff I thought worked really well, yeah. And even for two thousand and one, I thought that action sequence with the um, with the lorry at the end had that have been done now, I don't think would have looked that good. I don't. I think they they rely too much on CGI. They rely too much on um, you know certain angles that they want to try and break. Yeah. Um, and I just think they don't work as well. And it was a similar thing when do you know where um, Chris Nolan did Interstellar. Yeah. And instead of filming spaceships flying into the camera and around the camera, which, again, is kind of very Star Trek and Star Wars-esque, and it's been done a million times, um, he chose to mount the camera on the side of the spacecraft, so it almost felt as an audience like you were looking out the window of the spacecraft, or it was like NASA, where they have literally the cameras on the outside of the craft, and you were following... The camera moved with the ship, and they did that with the cars in the sequence, where you're kind of moving with the car... And it's as if you're mounted on the front of the car and you're sat on the car. Yeah. And you're looking in the car and and onto the truck. And that bit, I think those shot choices work really well. I think they're really clever. And I think if you try to soup them up too much, which I think going into the next few films, and I'm guessing from people that have told me lots about them, I think they just go up to eleventy stupid. And I think that when they get to that point where... The overuse of CGI, the overuse of effects and the overuse of ridiculous shot choices and ridiculous gravity defying tricks. They take away a lot of the, the visceral, you know, car na- nature, the physics of how cars and trucks move. Yeah, they just lose a lot of it. And I have a feeling that's going to happen in the next few. And I will soon see, I'm sure. Yeah,
1: So you're thinking the special effects are going to sort of like level up to the level of cheese that the script has in this film.
0: Yeah, it's like going... It's, I don't know, and I think I was talking to Umar at work about this, and as he said stuff like, you go from you can drive a car really fast and smash it into a truck to you can drive a truck in space, drop it from a meteorite, and then it can crash into something else. And it's like they just and they throw a tank out of something and you go... It gets to a point where they go, how can we top what we did last time? Let's turn it up to Eleventy Stupid and do something else. And I, and I hate that about those kind of movies. So I've got a feeling that in the next few weeks, like I'm going to be moaning a lot.
1: <laughs> I, yeah, I I think now we, we, we agree together that if it gets to that point, yeah, we we either one of us ha, has like power of veto, but let's let's make it relevant. So you know yeah. how in Bond he has a car yeah. with a button with an ejector seat. Yeah, we'll just use that. I'm giving you a virtual button with an ejector seat. If if at any point you feel like you want to get out of this franchise, (laughs) you press that button. You press that button hard and make sure that we don't have to deal with any other problems. I think the same goes for both of us. Yeah, because I can see this being fun, but I can see it being a lot of repetition. I may be wrong, I may be surprised but i can well, see well
0: all i'm going to say to the listeners at home is prepare for half an hour episodes <laughs> yeah
1: um i mean if uh, if our next episode is just see above
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i agree
1: <laughs> if we just say right. see above and we'll talk about what we've done that week
0: are you ready for the five facts oh yes perfect i'm going to go straight in with number 1 after the jingle So the point one, I found um, this story of uh, the story of Fast and Furious was uh, a result of a magazine article in May 1998. An issue of Vibe magazine uh, featured an article by Ken Lee, which was titled Racer X. This chronicled the illegal street racing in Queens, New York. Producers optioned uh, the article for a movie adaptation, which later then became the Fast and Furious. So it was kind of based on something real which is kind of cool. Yeah, it's based on something real. It's
1: based on Point Mm. Break. It's very real.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I actually have one here. Uh, Eagle-eyed fans of the movie. I'll give this as number two. Uh, People who like Point Break will notice that Dom and Brian visit a restaurant called Neptune's Net about midway through the movie. The real-life restaurant located along Malibu's Pacific Coast Highway is the same restaurant where Laurie Petty's character Tyler worked in Point Break. I there is point break references. I
1: can't believe this film's that smart. Yeah.
0: It's, it, it is. There, is this that, film that's that impressed smart? me. I, or is that I just thought that accidental? was great. No, they totally ripped off point break, so they put a restaurant from point break in it.
1: Brilliant. I, I, I have a bit
0: more respect now for this script. Yeah. Um, throughout filming, uh, the movie had the working title of Red Line, which in racing refers to the maximum speed that a car can go. Uh, before the filmmakers settled on calling it The Fast and the Furious, there was only one problem. That title was owned by a B-movie director called Roger Corman, who was producing a racing movie of the same name back in 1955. Um, instead of having the filmmakers paid for the rights, uh, Corman traded the movie title for some stock footage owned by Universal Studios. <laughs>
1: what? Right, I, for I think if you've been producing a film for 40 years... Surely you should sacrifice the rights to the name of that film if you haven't been well, able no, to make he, it. Yeah,
0: he produced it. He had made it. Oh right, he made Sorry. it. He made it in yeah. 1955. He wasn't still making it in <laughs> 2001. I just have taken it in 48
1: years, saving up the pennies, you know, okay. oh, getting things together. But that—that's great. Jesus. I—I have a, a an unrelated but similar fact. Um, yeah, go on. My. My dad's a big fan of war films. He loves war yep. films. And mm-hmm. uh, *Tora Toro, Toro was on the other night. Dad yep. has seen this a million times, but has to watch it. I'm mm-hmm. glad he did, though, because I found out that that film, uh, from, from the announcer at the beginning, uh, didn't make enough money to cover the cost of the film. So what they did was they sold the footage of the aeroplanes to two or three other <laughs> films. That came out in later years to recoup for the money. A, that's
0: wonderful. <laughs> I, I am going to put on our Twitter feed tonight the um, poster for Fast and the Furious. Oh yes, which was the 1954 movie, which I've just found. Uh, ironically, this film has got a approval of 5.4 out of 10. So it's pretty high. Wow. Um, It was a 1954 crime drama and its synopsis was a trucker framed for murder, breaks out of jail, takes a young woman hostage and enters her into a sports car. Sorry, enters her sports car into a cross border road race, um, hoping to get to Mexico before the police can catch him. Which, ironically, sounds more fun than the film we just watched. It, it really does. And, like, that sounds like the is <laughs> properly getting revenge as well. You know, like, yeah. oh, yeah, that'd be great. You know, if we
1: could watch think... that and not have this storyline about DVD players and tuna sandwiches, I'd
0: probably enjoy that. I oh, know. Um, point... F- are we on four? I think we're on four. Yeah. Um... Rob Cohen, uh, director, used uh, visited real illegal street racers in preparation for directing this movie. Um, these people can also be seen in small cameos as the pizza delivery guy who was a street racer trying to get through the crowd during the first race. So he is actually a street racer. Uh, he enlisted the help of 200 car, sorry, souped up cars uh, driven by actual illegal street racers for the initial scenes. So they were real they were I mean, real, how real he, guys how did he
1: check those credentials like i, I imagine i, I imagine I if know. someone who i in my head is sort of suited hollywood type character comes up to you and says are you an illegal street racer <laughs> <laughs> my, my initial response as an illegal street racer would be say no because i would think you're a cop <laughs> so how yeah. how how is he vetting all these illegal street racers
0: I don't know, I guess he must have gone up to them and gone, have you seen Dragonheart? And they went, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the director of Dragonheart. Uh, fact number five, Excellent. the real actors put the med- pedal to the metal. I can't say that. Put the pedal to the metal, yeah. kind of. Uh, in order to have the real actors behind the wheels of the cars going upwards of 100 miles an hour, a special rig was built by a second unit director and stunt coordinator, Mike Rogers, uh, that the filmmakers dubbed the Mike Rig. It consisted of, high powered, of a high-powered truck with long chassis in the back of its body, which custom cars in the movie could be interchanged. The stunt driver drove the high-speed truck while the actors were behind the wheel of a dummy car in the back, which made it look like they were driving at really dangerous speeds. That's pretty cool. That, that's, that's quite clever, actually. Um, but it,
1: it's kind of overshadowed now when you've got people like Keanu Reeves who are actually jumping in and out of cars that are crashing.
0: Yeah, or uh, jumping off of a horse in John Wick Three. Yeah,
1: I just like he 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 and Tom Cruise blow my mind when you see like they do yeah. their stunts that that is 100%. impressive. I mean, it's completely crazy, and yeah. God knows how they get insured for it. But yeah, um, I mean, as a get around as a, a way of doing the same thing but without any risk to the actors, putting them on the back yeah. of a truck, pretty clever.
0: Yeah, it, I think it works, and I, I imagine that these films for all the dissing we've done, I imagine that they led away a little bit in a lot of the ways that you shoot these movies because we all know that these films have clearly sold well um, over since 2001 because they're still making them now and there's a new one this summer. So it's like... There must have been a lot of technological change after this film that made these films easier to film, uh, made making more of these films possible. So I'll be interesting to look into that and I will do more research on them as we go through this franchise. Yeah. Um before we wrap up, James, have you got any shit merch? Uh, where, fluffy dice, do they count? <laughs> Just go to go go to Halford's and find yourself some fluffy dice. Um... Uh, I'm trying to find. I've got um are these on here uh, some fast and furious Paul Walker 24th scale style stickers for a die cast car. That sounds tragic, f. Yeah. <laughs> You can also buy Vin Diesel's dad's car in miniature form. Uh, Hot Wheels are uh, selling it. Uh, it goes for about £14 on eBay. But aren't all these uh, actual
1: cars? Surely Hot Wheels had yeah, a model yeah. of that car and they've just stuck Vin Diesel on the front
0: of it. It's a it's a Dodge Charger. And I think I said it was a Mustang earlier. It's not a Mustang. It's a 1970s Dodge Charger, which is the one that Vin Diesel has at the end of the movie. Yeah. Uh, his dad's car. I think does. He crash it at the railway line at the end or something. I think. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that car. That car. So Hot Wheels yeah. must have had a Dodge Charger because
1: like, as n- not into cars as I yeah, am, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm aware of Dodge Charger being a model of car. So they must yeah. have already had one of those. So all they've yeah. done is they've put a Fast and Furious logo on the box. <laughs> yeah, probably. I mean, that, that's that's pretty easy. I, that's great marketing. Well done, Hot Wheels.
0: Well done. Um, so, yeah, that's the first film done, James. We, we did it. And uh, next week, we're going to be reviewing... Too fast, Too Furious.
1: Wait, so is this, <laughs> is, is, is this the fourth film? Because it's got two twos
0: in it. This is not the it, two it's and too two Adam's fast. Four. Too Furious number two. N- number two. Oh god,
1: is that now six? <laughs> oh, I'm
0: losing count. This
1: these films uh, are getting more tricky than I thought. No, I, I'm looking yeah. forward to it because I I uh, listeners at home uh, rushed out when I found out that this was the series we were doing, and I've bought a DVD box set. Have you? Uh, yeah, I've, I've. Shit, I haven't done that. Should I have done that? I don't know. I, I, I'm assuming the film's the same wherever you watch it. Probably. But yeah, I watched the first one digitally, um, and uh, the, uh, the DVD box set uh, proudly claimed that it had one of those ultraviolet. You know, you can watch it wherever you want.
0: That's uh, gone now, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it's gone now they <laughs> so don't do that shit anymore don't that's that. gone but the best thing was when I opened it up it wasn't for the entire set of films it was only for film 8
0: anyway <laughs> 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 you got right mugged up yeah, in that. Absolutely, there was a reason it was seven pounds. Um, Do you know what? Though I'm, am just glad you didn't watch the Fast and the Furious 1954, which I will give you the tagline: the original high octane classic. Oh, I, I, I'm
1: going to hunt this down. Starring now. John,
0: I- John Ireland, and uh, Dorothy Malone. Sounds I want to watch it now. Admittedly, after we've watched all the
1: <clears throat> current Fast and Furious films, should we watch that and just compare it? Definitely.
0: Let's let's commit. Let's definitely commit to that. I think we should do that. (laughs) (laughs) Right. That's it then, James. I've enjoyed that. Um, That is the end of episode one. And we will try and get to uh, Too Fast Too Furious as soon as humanly possible when we both have schedule. It's going to be better and we're going to be more consistent. But yeah, we have taken a bit of a break over the summer. So we are getting back into this series and we will endeavour to get uh, more stuff out there. Obviously, as always, if you enjoy this episode, subscribe to the podcast. Please, please drop us comments uh, on iTunes or on our Twitter, which is at Do the Franchise, And we will go through those in one of our next episodes and just read out a lot of the comments. Anything that you guys want to hear I mean, you, and the things that people are If you just want saying. to translate car for us, that'd be fine. yeah if you're going to get in touch with us tell us what car you've got and why it's good and we can use that to our advantage somehow (laughs) right see you later then James see you later Jake thanks guys Bye. bye bye